You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. It's time for another edition of Colchonero Chat. I'm Jeremy Barron, and I'm joined by Robbie Dunn on this Sunday afternoon uh, in Phoenix. It's a little later uh, on the other side of the Atlantic uh, where Robbie is stationed. But nonetheless, we're here, and we're going to talk about uh, Atletico's 2-2 draw at Villarreal. Um, whew, this was a wild one, wasn't it? It looked like it was going to go decisively one way, breaking toward the hosts, but Atletico snatching a draw with a, a rarity, a Jeffrey Kondogbia goal, Robbie. What are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, definitely. Uh, a wild one, I guess we could have predicted that these two teams tend to, tend to do that. Um, yeah, I think a lot of the problems that Atletico fixed in the in the second half were of their own making, but yeah, awful, awful first half. And, and um, yeah, it, not a bad way to start the new year. The first week has been somewhat okay, but that was just re- reinforces our point of, um, that we've been making is that this Atletico team are broken. I think, and I don't think that um, I I don't uh, maybe it is, but I don't think that's an exaggeration either. Yeah, I, I think we did a pretty uh, decent job not getting carried away with the first two games of 2022, right? Both wins for Atletico over teams named Rio. Um, Rio Vallecano are, are likely going to finish in the bottom half of La Liga despite their great start, and Rio Bahada Honda are in the, the third tier. So uh, it's, it's tough to glean too much from those two games. 
this was this was a measuring stick though at Villarreal against a team that you know a fellow Champions League opponent, Europa League winners, a good coach, good roster, um, some very classy, technically skilled players. Uh, this was a, a good uh, test for Atletico to see if those changes that we saw in the first two games of the calendar year could carry over. And I think the answer is no. Um, in a vacuum, a draw at Villarreal is a pretty good result. Uh, La Ceramica is a tough place to play for opposing teams because the dimensions are different. It's a smaller stadium. And listen, Villarreal are a good team. I know they got off to a terrible start, but they've got a good team. And they're probably going to be in a European place by the time the season ends. This was a really good opportunity for Atletico to string a third consecutive win together. And after the first 10 minutes with the outrageous Correa goal that we'll talk about, as a car speeds past me on the patio, um, outside of those first 10 minutes. Yes, I am smack dab in the middle of it, it sounds like. Uh, outside of those first 10, 15 minutes, Atletico were just plain awful for the first hour before snatching a goal at the end. Uh, still not seeing any clear plan, any real changes instilled. It's, yeah, it's what we've seen for most of the season so far. Yeah, like, I think that this is what, um, Villarreal are in a kind of a weird place right now with, with Unai Emery in that he's brought them so far. He's won them a Europa League uh, title, obviously, something that the club has never even dreamt of right. that uh, they, they've never won a major trophy before um, and, and, and he's in that phase now where Julian Lopetegui was with Sevilla at, at, after a year and, and a half with them in that yeah, they still don't fully I don't believe but they don't understand I think how to win games It's and it's, it's, it's a skill in itself uh, once you can uh, once you can get over that line, the sky is the limit, and and we're seeing that now with Lopetegui and and uh, and Sevilla, and that they're winning, grinding out those games. Mm-hmm. In so many games this season, we've seen Villarreal hammering their opponents. They were so good against Manchester United in the Champions League. They absolutely battered Atlanta in the in the Champions League in the last game. They were winning three 0 after uh, after after the first half. Uh, again today absolutely battered Atletico Madrid in the first half here and somehow found themselves in a position where they had their backs to the wall and I think that Atletico uh, Villarreal lost two points here as opposed to Atletico Madrid winning one because uh, because because of Villarreal's nervousness and and um, and their inability to kind of read a game and understand which way it's going. And uh, I think, yes, uh, you won't be critical of, of Emery in, in that he didn't he didn't respond to what Simeone did when he changed the game. But at the same time, it's hard when you've got a limited squad and you don't have the kind of players that Simeone has to bring off the bench. Uh, and we're looking at this again, and obviously we don't have a simulator where we can go back and run the game again or anything. But this is another game where Diego Simeone got it completely wrong in that Villarreal played three in midfield with Parejo, Capue and uh, Trigueros dropping. And it was just Condogby and DePaul against them. And Villarreal just played through them so easily time and time and time again. And it was another, you could say, heroic comeback from Atletico Madrid. But they were the ones that got themselves into this position in the first place and uh, a better team 
than Villarreal beats them three or four, five one today, maybe. I don't disagree with that assessment. Uh, Villarreal found spaces early and often, um, and just the four four two, the reversion to the four four two solved a couple of Atletico's problems. Right, there was a bit more high pressing. Uh, it allowed for at least one natural fullback to be on the pitch at all times. It worked really well in the cup in midweek, but this was a this is a different animal entirely. Villarreal are a very good team, and between Parejo and Capu and Manu Trigueros and those three guys you mentioned in the midfield and, and the options Emery can turn to off the bench Jeremy Pino, Alfonso Pedrada uh, Ibora at the very end um, just more options than Atletico have frankly and for a team with Atletico's resources to be short in a game like this in a and try to battle without all your troops available so to speak uh, it was always going to be a rough go to try to win this game but the, the problems go beyond that, beyond just this one game, as we've spent much of the season discussing. It's that there's no clear plan. There's no clear identity. It's really not even about tactics or strategy. It's just about vibes. Atletico spend the first 15 minutes of this game uh, pressing uh, with relative coordination, right? A good high press that Correa and Cunha are leading. Uh, Correa gets the first goal from an interception and an incredible lob from the halfway line catching out uh, Geronimo Rulli. Uh, but then Villarreal take control of the game, and Atletico didn't really have any solutions. They caught a break with the the Parejo goal that was ruled out. Uh, just a banner weekend for refereeing in Spain, with multiple teams complaining on social media. And then Villarreal do get the equalizer, and that's where we, we ended up in the first half. Um, Correa's goal was sensational, and I, I asked you this last week. Is Correa the best forward Atletico have now i'm gonna i'm gonna ramp it up a little bit is he one of the top three players that let it go have this year yeah i just put a tweet out there saying basically i think that atletico needs to just build around him and and, and i know I, I like i was kind of saying a little bit in jest but i'm starting to wonder is is he actually better than what we're given what, what we <laughs> I, I've been given like I haven't really ever considered him I just thought he was kind of like a, a peripheral figure and I think the reason why he's been inconsistent is because that's the way he's seen in this team as well that's the way uh, that's that's the role he plays he's peripheral and then we're saying oh but he's inconsistent yeah he's inconsistent because he's peripheral make him the leading man in attack and he will score you goals. He will cause havoc. And I think with Cunha beside him, they yeah, kind of muscling people out of the way, be running into the channels, causing problems. I think, I think it opens up options for Correa and it makes him even more dangerous. And the, the longer he, the, the, the more he plays and builds his confidence in that kind of a setup, I think he, he could be the solution. Or the, I mean, he's 26 now. And he, 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 it took him a while to kind of get going on Atletico. Got going probably last year uh, with his first, wow, this is actually really, really good. Uh, and, and, and has been similar this season. But we keep coming back to the fact that, oh, but yeah, he's inconsistent. Well, I've said it myself, and, and, and I, I have never really, not, I, I, don't, I don't mean this in a literal sense, but I've never really taken him seriously, like, you know? And, and I think that uh, that's in part down to. Uh, perceptions um of of players based on the fact that he's not a 120 million pound signing or he didn't come from barcelona or he's not he hasn't he's, he doesn't really say very much he's not really got a huge brand name 
And I know that that sounds silly and all that, but it, but it matters. Like it matters as to how you're the respect that you're given. And I don't think Korea, Korea is just all about the football. And I think that um, I think that uh, if, uh, if if he were kind of a bigger name with more stature and talked more and demanded more and things like that, and if you were to build around him, I think he could actually be. Um, uh, a key player here now he already is I understand that but I think he can go a step further again I think he could be like Griezmann level uh, when when Griezmann was the man at Atletico and I just think that it's kind of how we I, I think like uh, we sometimes put players into boxes certain boxes or something like this and it's harder to get out of that box than it is to once you're in that box it's nearly impossible to get out of it mm-hmm. so Joe Felix might have one good game and we're all like oh confirmation bias yeah that's the Joe Felix we want that's the Joe Felix we need he was 126 million this is it this is it and we're all ready to clown him myself included here whereas with Ankel Correa he's in a box that's just kind of peripheral and it's like when he scores it's oh wow like that was a novelty instead of looking at him and saying no hold on here for a second no, this is who he's been for the he's last year. Yeah, Correa's been yeah, this kind of just... player for a while. Seven goals, four assists for him now this season in 20 league games. He's played every game. Uh, he's on pace to um, set a, a new career high in starts. He had 29 of them last year. If he keeps playing like this, he's going to get over 30. Because uh, he should be in this team pretty much every week. He's that important. He's a foundational player now. And, and when you consider, I know they don't really have this in, in, in football, but like if you if you uh, like in basketball they have usage stats. Yeah. And like and and, and and a player's usage, like that's that's seven goals and four assists with, with, with pretty low usage. He's not like central to the plan. He's not like a, 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 a central figure in the team. And what I'm saying is, ramp up his usage. See what he's like if you just. Put, put him in centre and, and tell him that like and obviously we don't know what is being said behind closed doors and what Simeone is telling him but like tell him you're the man like forget about Joe and forget about Griezmann and forget about Suarez you're the man you're 26 you're the man and and uh, and, 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 and kind of facilitate him rather than him just kind of picking up scraps around the place like what what does what, what does Correa need in order to excel? And I think he needs a player like Cunha, as we saw today, and we saw a number of times. Like I mean, at the end of the day, if, if Simeone is going to continue with the kind of style that he plays, and and, and with that kind of uh, fighting spirit, Correa's got everything you need. He's 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 elusive in the box. He's got loads of fighting spirit. He's he's, he's he has a little bit of a nasty streak. Mm-hmm. He'll work in all day without really saying much. He, he scores cracking goals as well, and uh, yeah, I just I just wonder, yeah, have I been sleeping on Angel Correa? Because I I'm starting to think maybe I have. Yeah, for for years he was just such an up and down and inconsistent player. He was one of those guys where a goal for him would be a novelty. Now it's over the past year or so, it's become an expectation that he's going to contribute. Uh, he's going to score. He's going to assist. He's going to. Uh, contribute in the team's build-up and be just a, a an influential force. And I think he is this team's best forward. Um, and I, I liked the idea at the start of the game to pair him with Cunha. Uh, the idea seemed to be carry on with the high-pressing strategy that helped Atletico win the cup game in midweek. Um, but Atletico got the opening goal and then just sat back. As we've seen before, they just sat back and, and seemed content to let Villarreal dominate the game. 
Um, the penalty was was clear cut. Oblak did a great job to save it, and then the and then the refereeing the the VAR helped out Atletico there, helped them get away with one. Um, but Correa and Cunha really barely had a touch in the first half, aside from those early moments. Uh, really, Villarreal at one point had close to eighty percent possession in the first half, and for a, a team with this much attacking quality, now I know there were absences, no Suarez, uh, no Jimenez at the back. Um, etc but no Griezmann either due to the injury uh, in midweek but I mean 20% possession 25% possession in the first half is that's just not good it's just it's you're doing well with the high press you're you're doing well to win the ball back in an advanced position and go ahead on the score sheet Cunha had a chance that he could have made it could have converted it and made it 2-0 when Atletico were still in the lead but just it speaks to the lack of a plan just hold out to halftime which isn't really a winning strategy and it goes back to these questions about what is Simeone's real what is his end game with this team strategically yeah and I think that the problem is is that fear like when 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 and, and the reason why Atletico came back into the game is because they had nothing to lose they the fear was gone like it was like okay we're either going to lose 2-1 or 3-1 or else we're going to get some notice and that's when he brought Koke on that's when he pushed Koke up a little bit and started to match them but there's a there's a fear of, uh, and I wonder and I wonder is it a fear and, and, and Diego Simeone would never admit this, but is it a fear that he, he doesn't know how to go toe to toe with opponents? It, it, like if you're based in if you're if you're a specific type of coach, and then all of a sudden you have to change because the, the 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 way the game is going or the way they the way they. The, the game is evolving in, in Spain or around Europe and that. How easy is it to kind and, and and I know I, I keep talking about this and kind of the identity and things like that, but like, how easy is it for Simeone just to all of a sudden be like, okay, yeah, not now I'm like like so you 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 do your coaching batches, okay, and you have to write a, a thesis on something and you focus on whatever low block four four two, and that's your specialty, and 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 and. You get some coaches who are a little bit more, um, um, who are a little bit harder to define, and they they they're, they're more fluid and, and and things like that. Like, but Simeone was was very very specific in what he has been trying to do. How hard is it him then to all of a sudden become uh, like 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 to to to, to like the, the way that your brain works, the way that his brain works? How do you all of a sudden become? Not Pep Guardiola, but how do you all of a sudden just switch switch to being a, a, an innovative, creative, uh, risk-free, uh, uh, risk-seeking manager? And I think that I wonder is Simeone playing like this because he's afraid that he's going to get embarrassed if he if he goes toe to toe for ninety minutes with Unai Emery, what happens? Um, and I just wonder if 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 he just doesn't he doesn't know how to play that way. Like I mean, and maybe and uh, bringing in a coach would help. Or I, I don't I don't know how it, it would work. But I'm just wondering, like, is is that why they're 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 they're, they're playing with such fear? Because the other thing is, and we've spoken about this as well, is 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 this idea that Atletico have an absolutely excellent expected goals against. But at the same time, they're giving up massive chances, and Simeone knows that, and he's like, "Wait a minute, I'm the defensive mastermind." So, uh, I, I, 
I, I, I can't understand this idea that we we push people up and then all of a sudden we're we're more attacking and we're creating more but we're wide open at the back and I don't know how to kind of reconcile that in my head uh, so yeah I, I just think that uh, well, we a part of reconciling it, it no go ahead sorry no go ahead I'm, I'm no, still no, I'm, I'm, just, I'm still I, I, thinking I just, through my point <laughs> finish on this is that uh, what we saw was and you could see it in the first half it was so the game just was so slow for Villarreal they were looking at Danny Parejo was like telling Pau Torres to, or Raul Albiol to come out with the ball come out with the ball and then he'd see what was happening behind him he'd see Cunha and Correa converging and he'd say no 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 out wide and it would go out wide then to and then they'd have the whole right or left flank uh, and, and, and it was just a uh, it was just a better coach team and when it comes to playing in that way and they gave up possession and I mean at the end of the day Correa's goal absolutely incredible unbelievable finish uh, really well worked but at the end of the day like you wouldn't want to, you wouldn't want to be relying on those kind of goals to win something yeah you like also shouldn't be relying on a, 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 a Jeffrey Kondogbia goal either you know like Correa and Kondogbia scoring the goals today um hey. and that's Kondogbia's exactly. first ever goal and it came after Alberto Moreno gave Villarreal the lead because after halftime Atletico still playing with too much caution and too much fear as you said I think part of that is Simeone doesn't want to be conceding goals and they're conceding goals anyway because the goalkeeping is uncertain and because Felipe and Hermoso are the two worst defensive center backs Atletico have Jimenez and Savage weren't available Savage has been out for a year, it feels like, seven straight games. Uh, and Felipe Hermoso doesn't play well in in a four. Felipe plays well in a four, but not in a three. So you're caught between the two players who are um, who are fit for one tactical setup. One's fit for one setup, the other is fit for another. And neither one is, is really at their best in this particular setup. Felipe was in complete just wild card mode in this game. Uh, Hermoso let uh, Moreno run in behind him to give Villarreal the lead on the hour, just before the hour. Uh, and Oblak, again, we, we got to talk about Jan Oblak again. Uh, both goals, I think he should have done better on. Certainly the Parejo goal. It, it's just astonishing, Robbie, how, and I tweeted this during the game, how Oblak has gone from being one of the three best keepers in the world, if not the very best, and now he is barely Primera quality. It's incredible. I've never seen this before. Yeah, yeah, and, 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 and I guess I think that uh, this is why goalkeeping is so hard, and it, and 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 it takes a specific type of mentality to maintain a career for that long without going through a a, a, a spell like this. Because, like, uh, just one mistake, and all of a sudden you're you're doubting yourself, and 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 you're you like like a mistake for. Angel Correa is you give up a counterattack. Okay, yeah. But like a mistake for John O'Black is the goal and goals are hard to come by. So I, I just think after after so many years of unbelievable um, unbelievable uh, uh, goalkeeping performances and, and out of this world kind of stuff I think he is regressing a little bit to, to some kind of normality but yes like I mean fumbling the ball for the for the goal and, but but I just think that that speaks to a, a larger issue within the squad and that is they're playing with uncertainty and I think that that affects 
a goalkeeper and, and a defence more than anything. And, and, and Simeone's goal is to not concede. And he thinks that by playing really low and, and uh, shallow, uh, low block and, 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 and uh, reactive football is the way to go about that. But it, and I know that it sounds counterintuitive, but in, in a way, you're actually hurting your team by doing that because this, the 2013-14 team, they were they were they were they were, they were all kind of uh, unknowns, we'll say, right? But not, not all of them, just. General, but but general pretty much they were. Squad. Pretty much they were, they were a squad built yeah, on a shoestring budget. Coming squad. They were young. They were hungry. They were keen. They were. They were. They. 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 They adored Diego Simeone, who, who was an absolute legend coming into the club, having played there and having won everything with Argentina uh, during his career. Legend. Okay, he came in, and, and they were. They would do anything he said. They were there as just. They were there to disrupt La Liga, and and they were there to, to and they would have done whatever it took. And if that meant playing eleven people on the on the goal line, they would have done it, and they would have actually reveled in it because this was an identity that they never that they they were they felt like they were part of something like this is we are we are doing something important here, and 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 it worked. It worked for a time, and it was amazing. And Diego Costa was brilliant, and we've got all these stories to tell about it. And it was amazing. This team is made up of uh, superstars, really. Like, I mean, and um, uh, now they weren't on display obviously tonight, all of them. But like, you've got Luis Suarez and Antoine Griezmann and 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 Joe Felix and and, and player Tom, Thomas Lamaro cost the club a record fee at the time. And you've got all these players, and they're like, we want to play. Like, I I, I want to play, and and I think that. Simeone has misjudged the the, 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 the like, like, like for example I was just thinking about Joe Felix earlier on in the in the week and I was wondering if he was going to start just kind of thinking about it. And, and like I think his failure at Atletico Madrid falls in large part to Diego Simeone because he, as a top class coach and the highest paid, paid coach in the world you need to be able to know how to deal with people other than suck it up and get on with it like that's okay that works for some people but for others it doesn't and you've signed this player for 126 million obviously we don't know what's going on behind the scenes or or whether he's not okay whatever but like it's your job to get the best out of him like figure out what's wrong with him figure out what's wrong with him figure out why he's not playing well and within reason Adjustments so that he does fit in well. He's world class. Why has it? He's been with the club now for three years, and he is—he's been a complete and utter failure. And and that's just the bottom line. And we can we can talk about spells and this and that. He's been a complete and utter failure at 126 million. And we laugh about Felipe Coutinho and Usman Dembele and players like that. No, Felix has been a failure with Atletico, and and I think that that falls at the feet of of the of the, of the coach, and then. Um, Obviously, partly on Joe Felix as well, and, and uh, but but I just think that he has to find a way to tap into what this, what the identity of this team, and it's clearly not what he's trying to do right now. And I just think that, uh, yeah, like I mean, it, it's kind of sacrilegious to talk about Diego Simeone, but like it's actually possible to hold two contrasting opinions in your head at the same time. In that he is an absolute legend world-class coach has brought Atletico to a point where they never would have imagined he will go down as the greatest coach in the history of Atletico Madrid and 
but at the same time it's just not good enough it's just not good enough and 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 like i mean that's the bottom line and it's just uh yeah i think and, and <laughs> i'm getting a bit worked up now but i'm just frustrated that we're coming on every week and talking about kind of the same thing and and it's like oh well what this and we're kind of uh, just kind of started about Jan Oblak, but I just think it's it's a more of a this team doesn't know what it's doing rather than Jan Oblak or or or, or Rodrigo de Paul or Coke or things like that. And obviously they do take some blame, and there is nuance to it. And 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 there's a reason why he can't get them to jail is because they're just whatever. But at the end of the day, he hasn't tapped into what the, the very best way to play this group of players together. And that's the, the bottom line. Yeah, I've got two responses to that, and then we'll move on. Uh, you made a point earlier about the decision to like retract or into that compact low block is actually actively hurting the team, and I completely agree with that because Oblak is so low on confidence, and the central defenders today were Felipe and Hermoso. So you're actively playing against those players' strengths when you do not play a... a I'm just going to repeat it until I'm blue in the face. A high-pressing, counterattack-oriented style that allows you to maintain a rhythm and a flow and a fluidity in the attacking third of the pitch away from the middle third, away from the defensive third, uh, and it's actively hurting those guys to keep testing them like this, to keep putting them in these situations where they have not succeeded all season, and they're probably not going to succeed since we're now more than halfway through the season. Uh, and it, it's stubbornness. I think it's Simeone's stubbornness in part and... He, he did save some face in the second half, but Felix should have been on at halftime. Felix should have started the game. We said last month, uh, where with where Atletico are on the table, and with top four being the only realistic goal for this team domestically, other than the cup competitions, um, why not just start Felix? Why not just start him and see what it is you've got here? Because it's not really fair to him, and it's difficult to get a great evaluation on him when he is not in a rhythm, when he is getting 30 minutes here, 45 minutes there, a start every three weeks, and then he gets hurt or, he's go, or he goes back to the bench. It's difficult to really, and I, I think both of us have been trying to do it for most of the season, for the balance of the season, but it's difficult to really evaluate him fairly and rationally when we don't see him in a rhythm, when we see him starting from the bench half the game. So either start him or sell him. Like, those are your choices. You paid a record fee, one of the five biggest transfer fees ever to sign him. It's year three of what is increasingly becoming a failed experiment. So why not see what it is you have here? Uh, and he and he wasn't a protagonist in this game. We're talking about it anyway. Uh, but he wasn't a protagonist in this game because he comes on for 25, 30 minutes. Um, and what really facilitated Atletico's successful period in this game was Shime Rosalco. Because Rosalco's entry gave Atletico another natural fullback and it allowed them to... Uh, Carrasco was moved over to the left. Carrasco played a bit further forward. Llorente was allowed to um, run around as he is as he is wanting to do, as he's very good at doing, kind of running around, causing havoc, interceptions, recoveries, etc. That's when Atletico got the equalizer. And though it, it very nearly went south at the end, uh, you know, they got the draw and in a vacuum, it's fine. But the there are still a lot of problems here that simply I don't know if they're going to be solved this season because these are the same mistakes that are being repeated, the same issues with concentration, the same issues with the lack of of strategy and performances in, inherent to that strategy are in that vein. It's it, it's difficult to really... We're trying, but it's difficult to explain in new and different and exciting ways why Atletico are, are 
struggling like this when they won La Liga last season. They've already con- they conceded 25 goals last season. They're already at 24 this year. It seems almost certain that they're going to concede a goal a game or worse for the first time since Simeone took over as coach in a full season for the first time since Simeone took over to coach. And it is down to the coach to find solutions. And it is down to his technical staff to find solutions. And they're not putting players in the best positions to succeed. Um, you know, and why not turn to the academy? Why not dip into the transfer market, which we'll talk about in a second. But, you know, this this was a, another game and a, a season filled with, with frustrating, inconsistent displays where the team just shows that they don't, or does not show that they have a definable, you know, style or an identity, and it's frustrating to keep finding synonyms for those words. But there you go; that's what we're doing. Yeah, and I think that's exactly it. I mean, and that's kind of where the frustration's coming from. And and I mean, uh, the Joe Felix thing, it's it's I can kind of understand. Oh my God, man, it's so frustrating. Like I can understand why. He won't play attacking football because he, he, when they do, they concede goals. But I think you just have to kind of stick with it and, and say, look, we're, we're, this is how we play now. But I think Simeone is so against it. It's kind of like, it's almost like he plays like that for 45 minutes. Atletico concede a lot of chances and he goes in and he's like, oh, see, see, I told you. And it's like he's playing that way to to prove that they can't or something <laughs> it's kind of like it's kind of it's like, I'll weird. show it's you we weird. can play in a low block I'll show you <laughs> yeah yeah and, that, and I mean it's just kind of this weird groundhog day and, and then yeah Joe Felix comes in and I mean uh, like yeah I mean honestly I've even given up on him breaking through at this point I mean like uh, maybe he will under under a different manager a different club and a, 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 a different scenario I'd like to and see him get a run of starts first talent, but I don't know man you know? I mean, like uh, why did you buy him I know you had that money vault burn a hole in your pocket and you had to replace Griezmann but like why did you buy him if you didn't really have a plan for him and and I just wonder, man. I just wonder, honestly. Like, well, at what point do they do 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 do, do the board start to kind of lean a little bit on Simeone and, and ask him what's going on here? Because I know we, we live in a very polarized world, and, and there's nuance dead. But like, you you have to kind of deal with the facts here and, and treat him with the, the respect he deserves and has has earned completely. But you also have to look at it and say, we don't want to, A, ruin your legacy, and B, uh, get to a point where, get to a point where this is, um, you're undoing the good work that you've done. Like, um, and, and, and look, this could be a case of like an Arsene Wenger, Alex Ferguson, where you're, 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 you're kind of, um, you're, you're kind of you're kind of looking at it thinking this is inevitable now that he's going to move on or whatever or stuff like that and obviously he, he's not there as long as Wenger or Ferguson and he, 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 he arguably he's got a tougher task in that he, he's fighting against two giants of, of, of European football but like uh, he, and, and, and it could be the case now where 
Simeone leaves at the end of the season and I'd like to go bring in a, a string of managers who don't really fit the bill and you know when you're up and going oh why did why did uh, why did Atletico ever let Simeone go but at the same time I think there has to come a point where you're just kind of stuck and fine that, that's a uh, top four that, the top four is the only goal then fair enough but at the same time you have to kind of look at it and say well, where are where are Atletico Madrid making progress here and what is the plan for three, four, five years into the future they haven't made progress at all this year um, Correa, I think Correa's had a very good season as we've discussed uh, I think Condogbia has been very good this season too um, but beyond those two players uh, who really has um, like, and this isn't really a, a rhetorical question though I suppose it could be like, who else would you say has made substantive progress in this in this team this year? I think several guys have obviously taken a step back. O'Black is in the middle of his worst ever season, um, most notably, most prominently. But who else would you say has taken a, a step forward for Atletico this year beyond Correa and I would argue Condogbia? Just those and, and, two and guys. I think that just and I, and I just think that that goes to I think that goes to. Um, solidify the point that this isn't just one individual because if it was just like a couple of players not like pulling their weight or something you'd be like okay these guys haven't done anything but it's it's pretty much across the board Condogbia has been fine uh, uh, DePaul too he, I suppose I suppose DePaul's had a had a pretty good year but even then he's still not a yeah, consistent yeah. starter and even he has been kind of uh, open down like I mean he's all action I'm a big fan of his but at the same time he's not really producing very much no I mean and this is a guy who this is a guy who, who scored scored like, I think I eight or nine goals scored. last year like 18 goal contributions he has maybe two this year maybe and he doesn't even get into the box you don't even see him kind of driving forward like, his, his one goal was at the end of the Porto really game end of anything. And Marcus Llorente looks like a guy that's utterly down in the dumps like he, 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 he doesn't even you know and Carrasco even Carrasco has been good in fairness but like you watch I was actually just watching the second half and Carrasco looked like he was fouled and he stopped and and, and, and I was yep, just looking on at the right hand side the reason why he stopped in that instance was because he wanted to just win a free and hope for a free rather than turn around and try to create something out of nothing because he knew he was up there on his own and I think that that kind of they, they, they like like if that's say Barcelona would would say for example you're you're so keen to just keep that attack going because you know that there's playing players tearing up behind you and there's options and there's a chance for a goal. Carrasco was just kind of holding the ball and he was like, oh please, just give me a free and and and, and don't make me because I'm gonna have to create something out of nothing here and um, and. Uh, yeah, so I just think, yeah, I just think that that, that point about nobody nobody improving this season speaks to the wide ratio of this is a a, a, a team wide issue, a structural issue. It's it's a clearly a collective, multi tiered issue. Um, but you know, the result in the vacuum isn't bad, and Simeone did make changes in the second half that helped them get the result and turn the loss into a draw. So I guess that's good. Um, but, you know, but the fact remains, this is the same Atletico we've been watching all year. Defensively frail, uh, no 
real solutions outside of really desperate triple changes that they worked in this game because Emery also got it wrong. Um, and, you know, a squad that's short in a number of areas. Uh, one area, Atletico, we're going to try to reinforce, uh, in which Atletico, we're going to try to reinforce this uh, this winter is in defense, Robbie. And Kieran Trippier's move to Newcastle was made official earlier this week. Several names have been linked to replace him. And this is actually developing as we're talking. I'm both talking to you and checking TweetDeck because I am a sick person. Uh, Atletico look to be uh, <laughs> close to a deal to sign Daniel Vaz from Valencia. The veteran uh, midfielder slash defender is out of contract in the summer, and he would be available for very cheap. Uh, Vaz is the latest name alongside Azpilicueta, Semedo, uh, Nordi Mukieli of uh, Leipzig, bunch of other players, uh, but Voss seems the most advanced at this time. Um, quick reaction to that. Do you think Daniel Voss would be a good fit for the rest of the season? Yeah, yeah for the rest of the season, six months, he's, he's, he's in his 30s now. He's probably 32. 32, yeah. Uh, or, yeah, yeah, and he yeah, plays a number of different positions, but, I mean, yeah, like, I mean, honestly, it, it, it's not... Yeah, like I mean, a fine professional, a fine, a fine, uh, versatile player, and and, and uh, technically quite good. But I mean, I, I, I don't really know how much he improves his Atletico side. To be honest with you, that it, it goes deeper than that. He's not a natural right back. That's my problem with it. Like Voss is fine. Yeah, yeah. He's been in La Liga for a long time uh, with Celta and with Valencia. Uh, very good at his best uh, out of contract at the end of the season he can play a number of positions so that's a helpful guy to have and he'll be very cheap which is undoubtedly appealing to the board but come on like Voss as the trippier substitute uh, is not really honestly not very inspiring fine player decent player could help in a pinch but he's not a natural right back and uh, I think you need a right back to come in for a departed right back and Daniel Voss isn't that nice player could be helpful, but does not strike me as overly inspiring. Um, I would expect the rest of the money to be reinvested in a quote-unquote real right back over the summer, but uh, that that strikes me as kind of a, of a disappointing replacement for Trippier, for a player who was very important to Atletico last year and so much went through him. Yeah, I agree. And it, it, it feels like it's, uh, again, Atletico is just kind of scrambling here to, to figure out to fix problems um, that are popping up. Yeah, there's no coherent plan. And, and I mean, yeah, you like Barcelona made fun of for this kind of thing in recent years. And I think again, we're looking at Atletico Madrid that's kind of patched together. Like you look at that back, you look at the team that started and the team that finished today. And like you just said that Emery got a couple of things wrong today. But at the same time, like if, if like that first half, complete and utter domination from Villarreal it was yeah the second half the second half there was a spell where Atletico came at them and if it wasn't for that Ruli howler uh, Villarreal probably would have uh, repelled it and then at the end of the game Villarreal looked like they were going to get another goal like I mean so uh, and, and this is an Atletico side that has talent we don't doubt that when they're playing without fear and when they are allowed to express themselves, they are seriously dangerous. And they put Villarreal under serious pressure today. And, 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 and they've got so much talent uh, that 
they do make teams take a step back. Like Villarreal were completely shell shocked there for about 15 minutes, and and then all of a sudden Atletico again just kind of lost control and weren't really sure, you know, and 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 like do we go for the winner? Do we sit back? Like when when they were when they were um, when they were un- united that we need an equaliser here, it felt like this has a purpose to it. When they when they equalised, again it fell back to what's the purpose here? The purpose is unclear. Yeah. Are we the team are we a team that wants to win five two? Or are we happy with a two all draw? Or do we, or do we want to win one nil? And this is the problem, and this is why the game starts so slow. Is that Atletico Madrid aren't sure what their purpose is, and 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 that is the start and the end of the conversation with with Diego Simeone this year. When they're down a goal, two one, it, it feels like they're united in a, in a, in a, in a, in, a, in, a, in a, with a common purpose, and when they're not, it's it's kind of half and half they're neither completely defensive nor are they completely attacking uh, and, and, and if Simeone had his way had his way and he, he was just a one-off game he would go full-on defensive but he knows that he can't do that so he's kind of being forced to play in a different style and that's where the, all the confusion arises from mm-hmm. yeah I think that's that's a pretty thorough analysis of the many problems befalling Atletico. Uh, still unbeaten in 2022, but make no mistake, this was not a terribly impressive game. Uh, very quickly before we sign off here, the Supercopa in Saudi Arabia coming up this week. Uh, Barcelona and Real Madrid have one semifinal. Atletico and Athletic have another. Uh, do you think Cholo's going to go full tilt for this one? Do we see some rotations? Uh, how seriously do Atletico take the Supercopa? Um, if, I'd say fairly seriously in that it's probably Simeone's last chance to win a win a win a trophy. Uh, obviously the Copa del Rey. Well, obviously they're still in Champions League and La Liga, but it, it looks both of them are fairly long shots, I'd say. But uh, yeah, like a good chance to to maybe try some things out. With the two, and 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 that doesn't mean rotations. I mean try some things out, as in try to clarify what it is they're trying to do. And two games against two top opponents. If you beat Athletic Club, and um, yeah, uh, I'd say I'd say he'll take it fairly seriously. Uh, I'd, I'd say he'll take it very seriously, and, and he'll try and win it. And I think that that's probably the right course of action to take too. Athletic played out a goalless draw with uh, Alaves earlier on Sunday. It just seems to me like. Um, athletic play an inordinate amount of goalless draws, uh, particularly against Alaves. They've only won six times in La Liga this year, uh, but have one of the best defensive records in the top flight with 17 goals conceded despite scoring less than a goal per game. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, Athletic and Marcelino is a very good coach. Athletic have a, a pretty good team that has underperformed this season. Some bad luck in front of goal, uh, taking some points uh, from them that they would have accrued under other circumstances yeah it'll be tricky and it's also you know thousands of miles away in saudi arabia uh, because the money the money never sleeps robbie the money grab never stops uh do atletico get a win on thursday <laughs> um i'd say 
Honestly, I, I, I just can't predict the Levito to win right now, no. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, I predicted predict a, a draw today, so I didn't feel they would win today. And it, it depends on the strength of the team. I think there's a like a non-zero chance Simeone chooses to rotate, uh, given Atletico seem to be going full force for the Copa del Rey this year, and the fixture congestion is now getting pretty tight as we've returned post-holiday, so... Yeah, I'm going to say they don't win that game either. But I'm, I'm not going to say um, they won't win it in normal time. That's how, how I'll qualify it. It'll, it'll go to extra time slash penalties. And from there, anyone's game. Yeah. So it's kind of a cop-out, but that's, that's yeah, how I'm going to phrase it. Yeah, no, I, I think that sounds about right, yeah. Uh, the big question, though, is, Jeremy, why are you doing a podcast in a parking lot? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sitting on... I'm, I'm sitting on the patio right now. I'm sitting outside an apartment patio, and the, it's the, the the downtown Phoenix uh, scenery. It, it's noisy. Ah, okay. That's, that's <laughs> right. Okay. Don't worry for your safety. The, the bustling. He's doing a podcast on the motorway. Wow. That's it. No, I, I have done podcasts in, in, in exotic locations before. I've never done one in the middle of a, of the, of a motorway, no. Okay, well, don't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a podcast safety <laughs> rules. It's probably done. There's someone calling you now or shouting. Oh my God. Yeah, there, there's, there there's someone shouting down the street. I think they're rooting us on for a good show. <laughs> it's been that good a podcast. We're getting, like, live fan reaction from the streets of downtown Phoenix. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure they were all watching Atletico Villarreal tonight. Go, going international. Absolutely. Oh, man. Well, on that note, I think we're going to sign off here uh, for this noisy edition of Colt Narrow Chat. Um, <laughs> Robbie, thank you for joining me. We had a good show nonetheless. No problem. No, no problem at all, Jeremy. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll catch up after the Supercopa. Yes, we will be chatting again on Thursday when Atletico play Athletic in the Supercopa de España uh, de Saudi Arabia. Uh, and until then, thank you again for listening. Keep it on Into the Calderon and on Patreon for more bonus content. Adiós.